Well, welcome to the Mission Next Gen podcast. What's going on? We're doing it again. That's right. Yeah. Another one. I'm really excited to be back here. So what's been going on with you? Man, it's been crazy. It's been been a lot because in the uh, where we're from in Augusta, we just recently passed what's known as Master's Week yeah. or the, uh, can I say that? Will we get no. Eh. Are you reporting on the news? I'm not reporting on the news, okay. but a cease, cease and desist letter may be yeah. in the mail already, but oh, spring break spring in break. Augusta. <laughs> and there's this golf tournament that happens. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm telling you, I, I worked it. And I, I, I didn't work at the course, but I worked at one of the uh, clubs that were around it as a valet driver and worked 107 hours. Whew. A lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. Is that many hours in a week? Yeah, right. No, I didn't even realize that. I mean, like, I, I sleep that much, but no, I don't really get to sleep that much. But, but, but I didn't realize how long 107 hours is until that week. I yeah. mean, it was it was nuts. But but um, a lot of rain, a lot of mud, a lot of driving some really stinking cool cars. Yeah, uh, meeting people. Uh, got to meet the coach from Duke. Uh, the athletic director from North Carolina, ACC was present, man. So that's but, awesome. Um, but uh, but but it was it was a lot of fun and a lot of people. But but focusing, you know, I spent some time uh, focusing on some of the things that that Mission Next Gen is going to be doing real soon. Even in the midst of while I'm sitting there waiting on the you know drive the next car, mm-hmm. do whatever. And really just started dreaming up some things and thinking through maybe some upcoming things that are happening. And um, just got found myself getting excited what's to come for Mission Next Gen. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Now, I, I saw some things on Facebook. Yeah. Did you personally meet the winner? Meet the winner? Uh, so I saw him in our ballet tent. So, okay. so one of my good friends, Jason... He technically was my boss for the week. Um, he was a hard boss, man. I'll Are you okay? You. Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay. So, no. So, what really and truly is is a story. I mean, I, that that exactly what happened. So, um, the the winner of this tournament. I don't have the freedom, I guess, to say either thing. I don't know what we'll. But, I don't but, think so. But, um, but we'll leave it there. The winner of the tournament on Wednesday. They had this smaller version of a tournament that's supposed to happen that day on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with this tournament, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, this particular golfer tried to get in this club. And they have a certified car that they are supposed to drive because they are on this specific tour. And that they're certified to buy this vehicle that they drive. Well, he let his wife and kids, uh, you know, two infant kids or whatever, drive or take that car that day instead of taking it himself so he tried to get into the club and they would not let him <laughs> in they would not let him in and this guy is at that point the number three golfer in the world and they wouldn't let him in because he wasn't driving the correct car so he calls somebody he knows from a particular network that shows this particular tournament this particular week and he says hey this is what's going on he says well why don't you go over to this place that's across the street uh, where I'll be in a little bit and I'll help you get in and everything. So they'll take care of you. Well, that was the club I was working at. It's called the Double Eagle Club, and I'm okay to say that because okay. I, I work there. I'm an employee. And so um, so he goes over there, turns in his much nicer vehicle than the certified vehicle, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of my friends got to drive it there and back and, you know, to the, to the parking lot. And... 
And he goes inside, he eats, and he comes back. He comes back to our valet tent, and he goes up to Jason, our friend, uh, my boss, and he says, hey, can I hide out back here and watch this TV that we have going on that's showing this much smaller tournament that's going on? And so he's like, sure. He, he didn't recognize him because he's like in regular Joe clothes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so this guy walks up to him and says, hey, what time do you tee off tomorrow? And Jason's like, what? You know, and he's looking. And, and, then, and then it just comes to his mind. This is that guy. That guy. That guy. You know? The one who later is going to win the tournament. And so he uh, talks to him for a second, asks if he can get a selfie with him. He's got a selfie with him. Um, I can post it at some point. Or if you're friends with my friend, you can see it on his page. Yeah. But, but it legitimately happens. So after he wins the tournament, like we're going nuts. So we're sitting there thinking, if this guy has any superstition whatsoever, next year on Wednesday, <laughs> he's going to show up at our tent and we're going to hang out again. Nice. So, uh, so no, I didn't personally hang out. I didn't personally shake his hand. Um, but I did walk into the tent while he was sitting there. And I worked for the guy who shook his hand and got a selfie. Nice. So, 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 so you guys, they, so they had a conversation. They did. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. And and ultimately, he won because of that conversation yes. and his relationship to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. That's great. So Jason, he he knows a little bit about golf, yeah. Yeah. so he knew how to speak yeah. his language. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, by the way, Jason's on our board. So yeah. he, he's one of the guys on yeah. our board. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, so one week out of the year, he's your boss. Yeah. That's it. And then the rest I'm his. Are you uh, or is no, he your actually, boss? Actually, he's still my he's, boss. He's your boss. boss. He's, he's like one-sixth of your yeah, boss yeah. 51 weeks of the yeah, year. That, that makes sense. Yeah, Gosh. Yeah. I hope he doesn't know that because he'll use it against me. He, he yeah. does. So but he's, well, he speaks golf. You speak students. Do you? Uh, kind of. Kind of. Like, like student jargon, conversations. Uh, it's changed over the years, yeah. and, and like this generation, Gen Z has its own language. Yes, it does. completely, completely has its own language. And, and I remember um, going through um, Download Youth Ministry, mm -hmm. DownloadYouthMinistry.com. I'm affiliated with them. Walk with them. I kind of help with a particular event they do once a year. Um, they have a great website. We talked about it before on this podcast. And I was thumbing through the other day, and they have this game on there that's like um, how to speak Gen Z or something like that. And so, so like I was thumbing through it and thinking, I, I can figure this out. Mm -hmm. I really can. And then half of them are like, uh, I don't know. I mean, you want to give it a shot? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right. So, so really and truly, the first one uh, that that came to mind when how to speak speak Gen Z. This one kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. Okay. Sump, yes. Sump. So I, I I'm thinking it's just, it's just a shortened form of simple. Like okay. it's just it's like you put it in a sentence. Like, uh, that's a simp. Like you, I don't know. Like we're, we're sounding like a bunch of old. We're starting to sound like uh, what do they call us? Say boomers. Boomers. You're saying, yeah. You sound like a boomer, dude. Yeah. Like. Simp, right here, check a look. Simp, someone who does way too much for a person they like. Like they're going over the top. Like they're trying too hard. How? Like she's cute. <laughs> dude, dude, you're so simp, man. Like you're simping. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, don't know. I, I'm really sounding old right now. 
I guess it's because I am. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm older than you. Way you older are. than you. Yeah, but I don't know this. But you're sounding almost as old as I am. Look at the next one here, real quick. Bus him. So I see a guy on reels that tries food. Yeah. And it's bussin' or disgusting. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking that bussin' means it tastes really good. Okay. Okay. So, so. Context my, clues. My oldest daughter, uh, she is actually dating a guy that's an assistant youth pastor at a local church. And, and he uses this word all the time. And that's bussin'. That's bussin', man. And it actually means something to say when something is really good. So okay. I, would, I would I would say that with food too, man. So it's so so yeah. it's it's not specifically yeah. food. Yeah, but but for me it probably is because yeah. like if I cook something or if you cook something yeah. dude you've been cooking some really good like pork shoulders and stuff, man. Like ribs that you cooked not too long ago, like those were bussing. Bussing. Straight bussing. It sounded old. Try it. <laughs> All right, this one right here. No cap. No cap. I know this one. Okay. That is, no cap is the truth. The truth. That's no cap, man. No cap. That's no cap. Okay. So put in a sentence? No lie. No lie? Like, that is a sentence. That no, is a sentence. No cap. No cap. I I love Jesus. No, no cap. cap. Mm, let's see. I was thinking it was like, like, it's not a proper noun, so you don't have to capitalize it or something. No, I'm just. No, but see, I know for a fact that Gen Z doesn't capitalize uh, anything. Or punctuate. Or punctuate, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah finish yeah. anything. So, uh, not lying. The truth. That's good. The yes. truth. That's see. right. So, therefore, hashtag no truth. truth. No cap. No cap. All right. Good stuff, man. Well, listen. If you wanna, if you wanna play this game, you can actually. It's a great game if you wanna bring your leaders up on stage and show how much they don't know how uh, to speak Gen Z. Uh, you can go to download Youth Ministry. Uh, they've got actually a volume one and a volume two available. Um, and if you're a gold member, you get a percentage off, a big, nice percentage off. It's really cool. So if you get want more information about that, you can uh, shoot me a message or go downloadyouthministry.com and check stuff out. So. Anyway, so that that's kind of like our little icebreaker for yeah. the podcast, man. Yeah. So always a good thing. Thanks, thanks for participating. Yeah, I I had fun. No cap. Hey, we just launched Co-Leader. What yes. is Co-Leader? Well, DYM is a whole bucket of puzzle pieces that you, 6,000 puzzle pieces. Co-Leader delivers the entire puzzle put together at a fraction of that cost, if oh. you can even believe that. But Josh, it's also a platform. It does so much more as well. You can build your weekly programs right in Co-Leader. Go to co-leader.co, click build. It's totally free for you to use and build your programs. You can share your programs with your youth ministry network, with your friends, with anybody you want. And You're going to be building every week. You can you follow can Josh. Follow me and what we're doing in our junior high ministry as well. Just click follow. One click. And everything then I, I do. Follow. If I want it the next week, I can get it. I can follow Pretty other people incredible. that are doing it. It's awesome. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Coleader.co and it is launched and live right now. Steve, let's talk about today. Okay. What are we going to talk about today? Tell me some of. The key elements to connecting with students. So, so last couple of podcasts we were we've been talking about generations for generations to come. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we set things up for success? Uh, number one, so that uh, this generation, our generation, can speak to the next generation of the goodness and the greatness of God. And so, so when we think about um, connecting with this generation for long term, really have to kind of think like small. You know, like in a smaller 
uh, group mindset, smaller um, from the perspective of of investing specifically in a few at a time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have dreams, aspirations. Got to have this huge youth group and got to have big numbers and all these seats filled and, and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with the aspiration of that, especially when we're talking about um, that's that many people that are hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. But um, but when we want to build a ministry for like long term to impact not just this generation, but generations to come, we have to look at how we're trying to impact the few. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think when we think about how that happens, we got to look at, um, or the best way of doing that, we got to really look at ultimately our greatest example, right, um, in life and ministry, which would be Jesus. Good, good. Yes, yes that's right. You tell people all the time, Jesus is the answer. Jesus. Well, he really is the answer in this, right? You know, and he's really the answer for a lot of things. But, but that's how Jesus looked at it. You know, he impacted. The few, I mean, and many as well, but, mm-hmm. but specifically the few. Yeah, yeah. So, to, so break that break that down. Like, explain to me, you know, how Jesus, you know, because we think about Jesus as this, uh, you know, preacher that you know talk about talk about feeding the five thousand and mm-hmm. standing on the yeah. boat and preaching to the hillside and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but. How did he, you know, in the Bible connect with the few? Mm-hmm. So, so you're right. We we saw him have, being followed by the masses and the crowds, and a lot of them were following him probably for a free meal. You know, the loaves of fish, that, that whole story. We know that he they were following him because they wanted to see some miracles. He gathered a crowd anywhere he went, and he didn't like, hey, crowd, come on. They just mm-hmm. kind of followed him. They wanted to see what the talk was about. Um, but but you don't see Jesus a lot of times communicating to the crowd, to the, to the masses, mm. as much as you're seeing him communicating with his 12, his disciples, you know, we even see him it broken down just even more to three with, you know, Peter, James, John, those are the three that were mentioned the most that, that he would spend specific time. He'd go a little further with him, them, maybe walk a little further while the other nine would stay back, you know, and, um, and so, so we saw that and he impacted those three a little bit more of an intimate, an intimate basis of, of how he taught. But he also had a lot of one-on-one time, a lot of one-on-one conversations with Peter, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of one-on-one conversations with other people that were around that were good teaching moments. I mean, think about John chapter three with Nicodemus, you know, the, the Pharisee that, that met with him at night when it was dark, uh, you know, for the reasons of just meeting with him in private. So they wouldn't get back to the other uh, people, the Pharisees that were that were uh, really coming after Jesus at that point. But Nicodemus was meeting with him and, and Jesus met with him one on one. One of the greatest discipleship moments ever. Mm-hmm. OK, you see that one on one conversation. And I think ultimately Jesus was given a pattern for creating good, solid foundation, investing in those few had long-term effect because who changed the world after Jesus ascended into heaven? Who who were the ones that Jesus sent into all the world? His 12 disciples. Well, 11 disciples at that point. But, mm-hmm. but like he sent the few that he was investing in and we're still experiencing that movement today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so translate that into, you know, like into a, a, a small group leader or a youth leader, a youth volunteer who is just working, you know, with their small group, three or four guys or girls. How do, how do we connect, you know, on, on that level? I mean, that's, that's valid because I think um, there's a lot of times um, a lot of church youth groups will care about the large group time, mm-hmm. you know, which, which is nothing wrong with that. That's where you have the message, that's where you have worship, where you do some games, connection time, all those kind of things. Great time. But if you ask a student who's been impacted through a student ministry uh, for the sake of Christ, I'll guarantee you nine out of 10 of those kids would probably say it was out of the small group time that they experienced. A lot of churches, their small group time may or may not happen that same night as the large group time. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the student ministries that I've been a part of, I always patterned it to, to where they happen at the same time because I think there's a great impact in both. Um, but a lot of churches maybe have Sunday school as their small group time. Mm-hmm. They may have an actual small group that meets at a house uh, throughout the week. It may be something that's a table talk conversation that they do during a certain time, maybe during a, a Bible study, whatever that may be. But the consistency of that small group of teaching God's word, discipling students uh, in God's word, and how to apply his word to their lives, the impact is found when you're impacting the few. Uh, it happens the most. I mean, that is the most impactful time that you're going to have. Um, and I think about like why that would be. And, and every time it comes back to it, it's kind of hard to hide in a small group. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you have two kids or three kids and that one kid's kind of shy, it's kind of hard for that one to kind of hide in the corner, uh, hide in the shadows of a 25 30 student youth ministry you know i mean it's easy for them to hide there but it's hard to hide and not have conversation not be real not not just to have um that life-changing time when it's like two three four four students Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah and so do you think that that time is the most important when you, you said you know we're discipling them but making them disciples is that the is that the valuable time too to like make to make disciples of them. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a, it's a starting point because, I mean, you think about it, Jesus spent three and a half straight years with these guys, mm-hmm. okay? I'm not saying we need to tell all our small group to move into our house because yeah. you know, yeah, your wife would kill you probably, but, yeah. uh, and, um, you know, we've had some strays that ended up at our house occasionally, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I, we don't have that. We don't have that mindset that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. But but if you wait to impact the few once a week, you're really not going to impact them. Mm-hmm. Okay, it goes beyond just that small group time. Um, it goes into um, maybe a, a text message once a day saying, "Hey, I've been praying for you today," um, or "Hey, why don't we you know in your small group time say, hey, this week we're going to read this passage of scripture this week, and we'll talk in our little group chat or you know group me or whatever." whatever source of communication that, that your students can have. Uh, it can get a little tough when you're dealing with middle schoolers because mm-hmm. some of them still don't have phones. Um, some of them get phones when they're seven, you know. I mean, yeah. like, you know, it's just you have to kind of read your group. But the connection outside of that group uh, with the one, the two, the three, those moments to where you have an opportunity to pour into their life, um, see what's going on in their life, and show an interest in them, uh, to the point where when you do talk about Jesus, they're all ears. 
and they ask you questions. I mean, you think about the questions that some of the disciples asked Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they're valid questions uh, to them in that moment. Like, who's going to sit at your right hand? Who's going to be the most important? Who's, I mean, we get those same questions from teenagers, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, that's a lot to think about. It I is. really appreciate that. That's yeah. It. Well, well, the thing is, is, is it, it's hard for us to be patient with the few, mm-hmm. right? Because we, especially as a youth pastor, as a, as a youth leader, we want to reach the masses, okay? Some of it can be a personal pride thing. I know for one point in, in my life, that's what it was. I, I would love, I mean, my dream was like, I want the biggest youth ministry in the town, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but that was a wrong heart for me. Mm-hmm. Um, then as the Lord worked on my heart and changed my pride and changed those different things, I really started to see that the importance of investing in the few will allow you to eventually reach the many. But it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's Christ in you. And it's Christ in the few mm-hmm. that reach the many. Because true um, growth happens through a, a life that has been changed. Okay, We can sit there and say, hey, bring a friend. It says, bring a friend Wednesday. Everybody bring a friend. But the best friend to bring is one that you have shared Christ with. You know, that you've been, uh, you challenge the students, hey, go share Jesus with them and then bring them to church. Mm-hmm. That's the proper growth that happens. And that takes time. And we become impatient with that. Yeah. So, so my challenge would be, be patient with it. Invest in the few and then allow God to grow uh, what he wants to grow in the time that he wants it to grow. Yeah. yeah. So you have any, any final thoughts for today? Well, I, I think about when when we talk about that, it's, it's actually kind of recent, um, with, I'm, I'm not a gardener. Okay. I don't, I don't deal. I'm not, you know, it's a horticulture. Is that what it is? Yes. Like, okay. So I don't, I don't deal with a lot of plants and trees and stuff like, I don't know a whole lot. I know that I've got weeds and I cut it and it makes it look like grass. Mm-hmm. Okay. But about a year and a half ago, my wife and I, we had this spot in our yard that we wanted to plant something like a tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, let's go plant a tree right here. So we went to go pick out a tree and there was this uh, tree that when you look at the picture, a Japanese myrtle, not not Japanese myrtle, Japanese maple, mm-hmm. that's what it was. It's a crepe myrtle in Japanese. See, I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's a Japanese maple. And I saw the picture, I'm like, dude, I want that in my front yard. Mm-hmm. And so went and bought it, about $100, and planted it, followed all the instructions. And I planted it, and I waited, and I waited, and I watered it, and I waited, and I watered it. I kept on, I did everything I was supposed to do. And it was just like, what is going on? This thing's not growing. There's no leaves on this thing. Like, whatever little leaf was there, they're not there anymore. Like, did I do something wrong? I just wanted to pull that thing up out of the ground. I wanted to rip it out and go find something that was going to have quick growth, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But when I started doing research about it, that's how the Japanese maple works doesn't for you don't see a lot of fruit uh right away you uh, you don't see leaves you don't see growth you don't see a lot of these things right away it takes time and you know what we're about a year and a half in and it still hasn't grown tall okay but you know what we got this year leaves nice we got leaves the thing's beautiful it's mm-hmm. short but it's beautiful yeah it's kind of like my wife she's short and beautiful okay but a uh, whole other story but if i'm patient that's what's going to happen in our discipleship. See, what I didn't realize is the reason it doesn't grow tall and do all this stuff to initi- initially is because it's developing a root system underneath mm-hmm. the ground. 
so that way it can grow tall and not tip one side or the other. It doesn't fall when the storms come. It doesn't do all those things. And, and so that's kind of the discipleship we need in our student ministry. We need to make sure that, um, that we're discipling the few, investing in the few, so that they can stand strong when the storms come in their life and you'll start to see the growth in them. And part of that growth is them discipling a few themselves mm-hmm. eventually down the line. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's, that's kind of where I want to leave it today because yeah. I think ultimately um, that's what the Lord's teaching me in my life, even just through a tree. Nice. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, will you pray for us and yeah. everybody listening? Yeah, I sure will. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. God, I thank you. Uh, for this time with Logan. I thank you for the conversations we've had. Um, but God, I, I also pray for uh, the leader uh, that is maybe just in a, in a season of discouragement right now. Um, you know, I know, I know, God, that there's a lot of times there's pressure uh, from churches, from pastors, from um, from elders or deacons, sometimes depending on where we're at, to, to, to see things just grow and see numbers and when God, we know that you value those numbers. We know that those numbers are people that are being changed by you. But God, um, may we be patient, be used by you to see the few that you've entrusted us with, um, whatever that may be in, in those times of teaching, um, to see that root system in their life grow and, and to get deeper uh, so that they can grow in your strength and um, and ultimately uh, be able to stand strong in the midst of life storms. Um, God, for that, for that leader that's struggling, that's, that's, that's frustrated, that's maybe been attacked, all these things, may they find encouragement through uh, this today. Uh, may they find an um, uh, excitement, honestly, of the, maybe the few that they are uh, connecting with and that the few that, they, that are receiving uh, what is being taught uh, from the Word of God. Um, so, Father, we say thank you for this time. God, again, we, we say um, encourage those who need encouragement. Uh, strengthen those who need strength, Father. And God, pour into all of us so that we may, may stand strong um, and be those godly examples to the students you've entrusted us with in our ministries. Again, we, we love you and we thank you most importantly for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross so that we can celebrate and we have a life to pattern our lives after. And we, of course, in his name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Good stuff, man. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for uh, all you do, man, and, and serving the the students that you serve and, and small groups and stuff like that. Well, and thank you, thank you for sharing your heart. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll catch everybody next time. See you next time. All right, peace out.